holy, holy, holy. Whoa, oh my God. Whoa, Shaka. <laughs> Have a big drink of grace. Just sit here like, oh, I love you, Lord. Oh, <laughs> oh the righteous have all the fun. Everything you've promised us, Father, you've granted by the Holy Spirit through our renewed minds. Thank you for great grace through all our minds so the river of glory can flow through us and create what you want to be created in this world. I love that vision. God showed me his possession. And as he came through me, I saw the Father doing all the work as he came through my body. And I'm simply the conduit of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ into all the earth. And so are you. And that's how heaven is established on earth and all of Satan and his kingdom of Babylon the Great, the city of the Hora Babylon that rides the Scarlet Beast or people's, people whose minds trust in money is what that perfectly symbolizes. <laughs> and all of that's washed away. When the Father comes through you, He knows how to deal with everything perfectly. And the issue of maturity in Christian growth is just a full yield to the Father and a full trusting in the Father to do the works through you. And the visions help tremendously. I just pray visions into your hearts and minds from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ by great grace. Because when you see the visions, your faith just grows so much. I've been having constant visions since I was born again. One of the first visions I had in Teen Challenge, just a baby Christian, you know, like three months old in the Lord, and I saw a vision of Jesus on the cross. And then I saw another vision of Jesus walking with Him in heaven, in the clouds above the earth, right after that. So, you know, seeing Jesus and experiencing Jesus is pretty important to our Christian growth, and the visions really kind of seal us at that level of faith so we can grow in faith. And that's what God wants. He wants us to grow in faith so we can grow in our spiritual experiences. You know, not just way deep within, but manifesting on the outside, you know? Like you're drunk in the Holy Spirit. We're drunk on heavenly Jerusalem. We're drunk on the joy of the Lord, our strength. We're drunk on the cup of the new covenant. We're drunk on heaven because there's so much heaven coming through us that's the physical intoxication to Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. We're not drunk as you suppose. We're not drunk on earth. That's sin. We're drunk on heaven. That's righteousness. <laughs> oh, that's the joy of the Lord, our strength, guys. The cup of the new covenant is a cup of joy. What is the anointing in Psalms? It's called the oil of joy, the anointing of gladness. The anointing of joy. Jesus Christ said, enter the joy. Entering the joy is entering the glory. Or entering with all your mind, heavenly Jerusalem. The city gates are wide open for every one of us. All you have to do is believe 
and you'll physically experience the glory. The key into heaven is faith. (laughs) And that's like the hardest thing for everyone locked up in their brain because the tree of knowledge is anti-faith. It's only beast, five physical senses, you know, naturality, earthly, unspiritual, natural, in bondage to the demonic. That's what the natural realm is. That's what the harlot of Babylon who trusts in the flesh and therefore rides the scarlet beast that sits upon the seven mountains. That's what all that is. The terminology is perfect because it brings the spiritual truth in understanding the physical problem. (laughs) Apocalyptic literature of the book of Revelation brings the spiritual solution to the natural problems. Because if it just spoke about the natural problems in an unspiritual way, there'd be no transformation and the necessity of the Holy Spirit's mind beaming through our forehead to solve the problem in the world with the fall of the angels and the fall of mankind. But it's written in such a way that it actually brings forth the solution as you understand and see the problem in Scripture and in the real world. Oh, that's why the Bible is so practical, but so impossible and sealed off from the tree of knowledge or the brain of the flesh in the garden. <laughs> but we have the Holy Spirit without measure. That is the perfection of the new covenant. As much Holy Spirit wine as you want from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ every day. If you're thirsty, you'll be satisfied. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled. Problem is, a lot of people don't have enough hunger and thirst for righteousness, so they're not very filled. I mean, get so filled with righteousness that you're constantly happy. You know, the sure evidence of someone who's entered the joy... (laughs) (laughs) even people that have tasted of the glory look chronically depressed to me until I'm around beaming faces of joy I know you need to drink a million times more of the Holy Spirit waters than you're currently drinking until you have permagrin and joy beaming through your foreheads foreheads, (laughs) I know the cup of the new covenant needs to become the main thing, the centrality of your lives. (laughs) Not a weird side dish. It's the cup of the new covenant, the cup of joy, the cup of the Holy Spirit. Is there any drinkers in the audience today? (laughs) Do Do we have more, Lord? More. I heard him say yes. More. (laughs) Come on, you can always drink more. And as you drink more, that's how you're thirst. You know, you get to the place where by your drinking, you live in the Garden of Eden, the source of the waters of heaven. Do you realize all of my experiences with God have come because of an increased eating and drinking of the bread and wine of Jesus Christ? Pure scriptural delight. I mean, it's the most orthodox Christianity in the entire world, what I live and preach and teach. It is. This is perfect orthodox Christianity. I tell you the truth. 
It's just the simplicity of the bread and the wine and the increased hunger and thirst for righteousness that you have the more incredible encounters with the living God every day in your heart and mind by grace. <laughs> and the, I've just been experiencing this realm that we've been seeing 555, five, five, we saw it twice today. And Penny is just in astonishment of this season of great grace. And it just feels like everything is entering into like a new season. (laughs) A new beginning. Because I know this is brand new for Penny and I, and I know this is brand new for the entire Bride of Christ worldwide. I know this is a new thing that God's doing right now. And it's great grace. The church and the bride have never seen it before. And I was seeing like a tunnel of living waters wash through the bride of Christ's soul as her mind was entering the promised land of heaven on earth. Because that's the finished product of the gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) On earth as it is in heaven, not your will, His will be done. Mm -hmm. His kingdom come. Guess what His kingdom is? Heavenly Jerusalem, on earth as it is in heaven. Guess where it comes from? Within your hearts and through your souls and right through your transformed minds, your metamorphosized souls. Because this is just a hologram, guys. This terrestrial plane is Plato, a hologram. The face of the earth is a theater for the spirit world. Always has been and always will be. How about we just manifest our spirit world instead of Satan's? So we have our city on earth instead of Satan's city on earth. No more Babylon the Great. How about heavenly Jerusalem? That's the final product of the gospel. In the book of Revelation, that's what's written. And right now, at this time, it's coming through the believers. And I pray for so much more grace, for so much more believing. Because every one of you will enter the promised land by faith. And there are waters you pass through before you go into the promised land. You know, everything in the Old Testament was just symbolic for understanding the spiritual realities of the new covenant, of reality, of the heavens and the earth. All of that natural stuff and symbolism of the Old Testament is so profitable if you can get into the Holy Spirit and understand the prophetics of it, the symbolism. It's so rich. The body of Christ is passing through the waters as we enter the promised land. And the waters we pass through is what renews our mind. That's why only by drinking the river of life can you ever have heaven on earth. There is no other possible way. I mean, otherwise, why did Jesus send the Holy Spirit? Don't you think Jesus is, like, has a perfect intelligence? He knows exactly what He's doing here. This is His whole plan. Send the Spirit, renew their minds, heaven on earth. (laughs) But a lot of people are distracted by the natural realm. A lot of people reject metamorphosis. You look at it, people come and drink the waters, and it's just like they go off into the natural realm, and they don't transform their minds anymore. But I tell you the truth, this Gideon's 300 that stays focused on the drinking will overflow and raise the standard in the people who couldn't drink. You can see that, Penny? Wake up. 
Right. I am awake. <laughs> Wake up. You gotta see this because this I'm, is the healing from all the discouragement. I see in everything you're saying. And the bride of Christ because so many people don't drink and so many people are just locked in their brains and they'll just never overcome and they're just totally spiritually handicapped and it's and it's so sad. But there is a solution. God understands. Jesus understands. Not everyone is a champion of the cup of the new covenant. I mean, not at all. Most people don't even drink at all. And they never will. So the only possible way is you drink enough to, to overflow so they can get it on the outside because they could have never had faith for it on the inside themselves. Almost all Christians will never even have faith for it. There's a ruling remnant that is producing it for everyone else to experience in the world. They're called the government of God, the Gideons 300. I tell you the truth. They'll be the most honored men and women for the thousand year reign of Christ. Because they're the ones that drowned the world with the glory when other people didn't have faith for it. When other people couldn't sacrifice any area of their hearts and minds for it. But you know what? 300 warriors did. I tell you the truth. I can feel resistance because people just are so deceived in understanding the things of Jesus Christ. And religion has put so many lies in their minds. Just let the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ abound in your hearts and minds. I'm telling you, there's a blessing in everything you can agree with me on. It's just people just reject agreement. I can feel it when the when there's a rejection of truth because it's like, no, can't receive that. No, 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 no. Oh, I can receive that because that's been established truth for 400 years. <laughs> you know, a daily bread means you might not have ever seen it before. You might not have ever heard it before. Give us our daily bread, which means it's not yesterday's old word. It's today's fresh, new bread from heaven. Today's fresh, living word. You know, baked right in the mind gate of the living God, your heavenly Father. And everyone can feast upon the living bread of heaven every day. The fresh manna. <laughs> you know, you want to be the healthiest Christian? you got to eat the daily bread from the throne of grace. The reason why people are famished in their spirit is because they don't eat spiritual bread. And they can't receive it because they're so full of religion. So they reject the best spiritual food on the planet. And they're weak. And they're more religious than they are spiritual. And so they're no good to anyone. They're actually full of Satan. we got to get into a discipleship of daily bread. <laughs> I mean... Jesus would go up onto a high mountain every day in prayer and pray. That's what's written. He'd go up into a mountain and just get the bread from his Father. And then come down the mountain and give the Israelites the bread. Don't you know every priest of the order of Melchizedek gets their bread from the throne of God and then feeds the hungry? That's the priesthood of Melchizedek, the bread and wine, the heart and mind of Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of similarities. I mean, it's Genesis to Revelation made alive and energized, active and alive in resurrection power. But there's always something new that he puts a spin on and a twist on 
to expand our mental ray for greater glory. That's the fascination I have with the Bible. Like, I could read the book of John a million times and for eternity, and it'll never get boring, because the Holy Spirit keeps putting it at different angles, energizes it, makes it come alive. Don't let anything ever get boring. If it's boring, that's because there's not enough grace. And by grace, I mean the Holy Spirit on it. (laughs) I tell you the truth, this is a sacred secret and a mystic mystery. The grace is the wine, and the bread is the word. Wine and bread, grace and truth. The truth is bread. The wine is the spirit. The grace is the wine. So there you can see. And they represent the fullness of the person of God. And heaven is inside God. So you must receive His bread and wine for an increase of heaven in your life. You must receive His grace and truth to experience heaven in your hearts and minds. When you're eating the bread or receiving His Word and believing it, your mind is actually experiencing heaven. You understand, when you go into heaven, you literally go inside the person, Jesus Christ. Mount Zion is the very person of Jesus Christ. He's not a man on the top of a mountain. He is the entire mountain. (laughs) That is the Lord. The mountain of the Lord. Okay, Mount Zion. That is our God. And you go into that mountain, you go into His heart, you go into His mind, and have experiences of our God. And every experience is bread and wine, grace and truth, because that is the entirety of the person of God. It's so simple. But the experience, that life energy, is what's so dynamic about it. And it's a creative experience trying to describe it and sharing it with others and then ministering the overflow of your experiences and the development of your spirit life in ministry and putting it in people's hearts and minds in seed form. Just It's like ministry is drawing a beautiful painting and then with every word you come into the painting and experience it for yourself. Can you see that? I know there's some artists listening today. Penny's the one that decided to call today's broadcast New Beginnings. Why is that, Penny? What are you experiencing? I want to hear from you. (laughs) There's an increase in leveling up that when I experience it, like when I get to a point that leveling up is too much for me to handle and this happened yesterday too where I just I get in an extremely rest place here in this chair and I just go from vision to vision to vision to vision and it's like if I if I pick up it isn't as blissful 
It isn't as it, it's still you know blissful if I like pick up out of it, but not as blissful and not as much peace. And um, everything I end up and it's so deep that oftentimes I'll forget what I've even seen because it's just spiritual things that I I can't. Uh, when when you start receiving spiritual things that you've never received before, they're like new things. They're harder to remember. They're harder to hold on to, um, just because they're completely new to your entire system. <laughs> the, bra- um, the brain needs a little adjustment, healing. But I didn't even like. I didn't even name it because of that. Because I wasn't really expecting that to happen right now. Mm, but now that I'm talking, it's completely clear, and I'm not tranced out anymore. Mm, good. Um, outlet for glory. I want to hear about it. Jesus. But um, so this morning, um, yeah, it was just the glory was so intense that it was kind of like a deliverance was going on at the same time of being sloshed, and um. But when I finally fully came into being sloshed, it was like, it was like the next lower level. The next, to go deeper into grace, you had to go deeper into humility, which meant a deeper place of resting in the Father. And... Mm, it's dealing with pride. Is It's just like, slightly surprising to me how much of... How much he want he wants us to rest to the fullness of rest, so that he can do it. <laughs> and um, uh, perfect. I feel like I feel like there will be a place when I'm you know when I'm when religion is so far from me that. He won't have to force me to sit and do nothing. I'll actually be able to stand and minister or something like that. But I feel like I feel like what I'm learning in this deep rest place is is um how to just stay at rest in him. Hmm. And maybe it won't move on from that point because the deeper the resting in him, the deeper reliance on him, the deeper the grace, the deeper the humility, the deeper the m- the more it's not you and it's all him. <laughs> yeah. well, the main thing I see the Father doing is renewing your minds. A mental ray that is only flooded with grace is a perfect person. A mental ray that is only flooded with the living waters of the ocean of Jesus Christ's Spirit is a perfect person. That person lives in heavenly bliss. That person doesn't need to die and go into heaven to experience that. They have all heaven beaming through their minds. That is what this thing is all about. When we have all of heaven beaming through our minds, and all the stuff I see I see the Holy Ghost working on you, Penny, and everyone else, is to clear up the mental ray so that the rivers Absolutely. can flow right through the mental ray. And you can see it. You can see it like a plane or a field. And it comes up from the heart world and it goes right through the soul world and the Holy Spirit waters begin flooding the plains and flooding the fields. It is a a soul dimension. 
where everyone's mind interacts with every other mind. Human beings are a mystical creature, even though they're locked out of their spirits by just living animalistically in the natural dimension. They're actually always interacting in the spiritual dimension. That's why Jesus Christ called the system of unbelievers, he called them sorcerers and dogs. The sorcerers are the ones that work in the soul dimension and keep the dogs as slaves in the natural dimension with their minds cut off from understanding the spirit world. But every single person, man, woman, and child, 7.2 billion, are interacting in the spirit world. The mental ray is a mental spiritual plane and field. And when you flood it, things change. You flood the beasts of the field, the unrenewed minds of the field, and your grace of the Holy Ghost working in your life interacts with every single mind around you. That's why there's so much warfare against one individual who begins breaking down the matrix of the unrenewed mind dimension. Because as they're breaking it down, there will be a domino effect like Neo in the Matrix that just tears it down and everyone gets set free. Your breakthroughs directly impact the entirety of the whole of 7.2 billion people on planet Earth. Because even though there are so many lies in that mental ray dimension, the fact is, man is one. We are one electrical entity on this planet. Father, I I pray they may be one even as we are one, John 17, that's what's written. Okay? So the only thing that's blocking the reality of who we are as a mankind, one in Jesus Christ, blood covenanted to God the Father, healed and restored, and perfectly fathered in perfect heaven on earth, is the cleansing of this mental ray. That is the place of warfare, the warfare, the battlefield of the mind. That mental ray field. And you're winning is very much and you're not sinning (laughs) and not giving in to the temptations of the beasts of the field that come and offer sensual pleasures, alcohol, drugs, bogus relationships that are just, you know, like Delilah's. Delilah always cutting off the joy of the Lord, your strength. I mean, we've seen it a thousand times. Just bad relationships just ruin people. We never see them again, you know. The devils can see there's an area of weakness, of loneliness, and wanting a a relationship, a husband or a wife, and Satan just sends garbage at you and just ruins your life. We've seen people just gone. I mean, and it's the oldest trick in the book, sending, you know, lust at people. Because then your mental plane gets totally taken over by the chief of the beasts of all that field, of that whole plane of thought which is not in this natural dimension. It's in the soul world. There really are three distinct worlds that everyone continuously interacts in. The heart world, the soul world, and the body world. Which one's primary? The heart world, which in a Christian should be Eden, the heart world of Jesus Christ. Eden, His garden. 
And the soul world of the Christian should be Jesus Christ's soul world, which is Zion. The throne room. The soul is like the throne room. The heavenly throne room of Jerusalem possesses our souls. And that's when a person is perfect or in full spiritual stature and then everything out of Eden and the heart of God begins to flow through them and heal the heart world and the soul world of everyone in this one collective mankind entity which is all divided by Satan and his angels in the nations. But through Jesus Christ, we will have unity of the nations, which is unity of the brethren. But it will take the men and women who will drink themselves into a place of full spiritual stature by the living waters, and then these men and women, which will be honored as the champions forever, will flood the mental ray of mankind and remove the walls of divisions of all nations. And that's already begun. And that's what's been the warfare we've been experiencing as a warring body of Christ, very much on the vanguard of the army of the Lord last 11 years. And all of that spiritual conflict and all of that nasty stuff we've had to go through the last 11 years of just so much spiritual warfare, not looking at it in the natural dimension as just betrayal of ministers and just constant word bashing and you know slander it's I don't look at it I look at it in the spirit what are the demons doing I understand they're speaking through the unrenewed areas of these men and women's minds that are vulnerable to satanic lies so there's grace abounds for the person sinning by breathing satan's words washed in the blood of the lamb so it doesn't affect me at all zero but more interesting than the sinner or the unrenewed area of a person's mind, is why the demons are doing it. For a person that understands the spirit world, this is always confirmation that you're destroying the works of the devil very, very severely. In fact, the more you stir it up, the more confirmation of how much damage you're doing in that mental plane, that mental field, the soul world. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. So you can see the spiritual growth out of your heart, Eden, and through your soul, working in that soul realm, like Jesus Christ praying for the blind man, he opens his eyes and he saw in the soul world. Lord, I see all men as trees. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. That's what's going on in the soul. Everyone is a tree of life or a tree of knowledge of good and evil. 100% of every person on earth. And so people are bound up or have breakthroughs. Everyone's different. And you can get so mature in the tree of life by a perfect dependency on the bread and wine of Jesus' heart and mind that your tree can cover all the other trees in the entire world. That's what this Gideon's 300 and the government of God are doing and have been doing for years. That's why this thing is on autopilot and doesn't require the masses to participate. It's a sovereign covering of Christian mature ones, Hueus, who have overcome the world. And the leaves of their trees are for the healing of the nations. A brother was describing to me a vision 
that he might have been listening to, but I saw it when he was speaking it last night, on how people begin eating the leaves. And I saw him like deer eating the leaves of the tree of life. The leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. I've never even thought about that. I've always seen it as a covering, you know, like Genesis and putting on the leaves as clothes. But I also saw this as people eating the leaves like deer or koala. And when they're eating the leaves, they're, they're getting healed. So it's all about developing your spiritual life into maturity and taking that mental plane back. And when you're aware of that, you'll win all the warfare in the mental ray. It's, I'm telling you, it gets fun. That's what that, I was going to mention that story too. Because it's kind of like what it feels coming out of religion. Like it just, you have to spend so much time eating the tree's leaves so that you can get healed up before you can move on to any, any other revelation, before you can move on to any other... Like it's, you, you have to be whole. You have to be healed in order to be able to bring wholeness and healing to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cups lot, overflow. Yeah. Um, chakra. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm saying in the sense of like the Lord just keeps taking me to deeper and deeper rest in Him, and that and it's almost like. Grace takes you down in humility and the depths of rest. And grace really destroys pride. Oh, I love the grace. It's More grace, so Lord. Amazing. Destroy all religious pride. Grace destroys oh, so. all false identity. Because great grace is you're only aware of his glory. And you know that's not you. You're fully aware that's a different person. That's a different being present with you. His name is Jesus Christ. (laughs) And grace makes you aware of Him and not yourself. It's the greatest thing you could ever experience. And, And then when that becomes your atmosphere, that becomes your awareness. That's what it means to be awakened. And a great awakening, well, each one of us are awakening to being aware of Him and no longer ourselves. Grace removes the self part. So it's just Him. And so the greater the grace, the faster we can accelerate this thing for everyone to experience Jesus. (laughs) Because if you look at people, they're always talking about themselves and they're always talking about their lives. It isn't about us and it isn't about our life. Heaven is inside the person of the life of Christ. On earth as it is in heaven, we'll just be doing religious activity forever, charismania circuses forever, unless this grace removes all of our identities. And then you find yourself in Him, and that's your new name on a white stone, which is your, your glory nature. And then in your glory nature, it expands by living in His soul world and in His heart world. Don't you understand? You get to a place where your development of your heart and mind are only in His heart and mind and nothing else. Which is the development of your glory nature, your angelic nature. And that continues to grow forever. 
everyone who has been born of God continues growing in God forever. We're just here to jumpstart everyone at accelerated growth so that they can really do the perfect plan of God for their lives. A lot of people only do what's good and acceptable. Very, very few, almost nobody does what's perfect because it requires a full surrender of your heart and mind, which is the best experience you could ever have, but very few do it because they have their own ideas for what they want to do in their life. And it's like, who's obedient, Jesus? Show me the obedient ones that fully surrender to your perfection and develop Eden in their hearts and Zion in their minds. Those are the people I want to hang out with. Those are the the kings and queens, the royal people of heavenly Jerusalem that will be honored for eternity, you know. (laughs) Those are the ones that you want to hang out with. Winners, not losers. People that are storing up their treasures in heaven. Whose heart life and soul life are all in Him. You got to get that. Your whole heart and soul development are inside His heart and soul. You're never separated. The only thing that can happen is demons come into the mental ray and deceive you so that you don't grow. And then you have enemies stealing all the good things from your life. Most Christians are set up like batteries in the matrix. It's perfect symbolism. And there's alien entities, demons and devils, flying fallen angels, pterodactyls, coming in and harvesting them like batteries, stealing all the good things from their life. Most Christians live in total defeat and are ripped off by Satan everything in their life. Because of a lack of knowledge, my people perish. Because of disagreeing with these words of truth, they perish and are used by demons for the purposes of hell. Like, what's the book? Uh, Rick Joyner's The Final Quest, the first chapter. The entire army of Satan were Christians. You know, they're just being used by demons and they thought the religious demon riding on their back was the Holy Spirit. They thought they were hearing from God and they were hearing from the devil. And in certain evidences, are these people in the joy of the Lord? Are they happy people? Are they happy people? If they're not happy, that's certain evidence you're in captivity to demons. I tell you the truth. And people don't want to hear it, but it's the truth anyhow. They're in demonic captivity, and then hearing the words of truth almost feel like it, it condemns them even more. So it's like the religious demon puts a filter on their minds where they can't even receive anything from God anymore. So all you can do with these people, which is almost the vast majority of Christians in the world, is drown them in grace in the overflow of your cups, and then there's no denying it. When you're a mountain of the Lord, one with Jesus Christ, you can drown all these captives. Set the captives free. Let's have jubilee. But it takes some mature ones who drink enough grace to set them free from the demons on their heads. Set them free from their places of complacent satisfaction. Most Christians will fight you when you threaten their complacency. Because they don't want to grow. Most Christians don't even want to grow. They love it as easy as possible. You know? That's why part of discipleship is being yoked to a 2,000 pound ox 
And our spirits are like little 200 pound oxes and we're yoked to Christ and His yoke is easy and His yoke is light. He just carries us in spiritual things, not natural things, until we're spiritual enough to walk in the Spirit ourselves and help others become more spiritual people. Because spiritual progress is the only thing that matters on earth. Nothing else matters at all. Everything else is a distraction. When you have your spirit first, you're seeking first His kingdom. Where is the kingdom? Luke 17, inside you. Therefore, all things are added unto you afterwards when you have your priorities straight. Most people don't have their priorities straight. They're just outside living beings. They're just living in the natural realm only and aren't even interested in their spirit development at all. So we have to cover them because they'll never break through. They'll always, they'll always be subject to whoever rules the mountains. Most people will always be subject to whoever the lords are. And in the system of the Gentiles, clearly it is written in Scripture, it's been sorcerers. And this horror Babylon who rides the scarlet beast who sits upon the seven mountains. And potent sorcery has deceived all nations, it is written. Because they don't have it in them to get spiritual enough to break through. So we need this company of drinkers to get so spiritual that will rise to the high place and instead of them being enslaved to money en masse in the world, they'll be enslaved to grace and love and peace to Jesus Christ en masse in all the world. That's the great awakening of the end times. That's the great harvest right now in Jesus' name. It's the changing of the overlording of the world from sorcerers, potent sorcery, ministers of starlight, of the dragon's tail, to the sons of God. Which also, which also inclu- includes a bunch of ladies. <laughs> Son of God is not about anatomy. Son of God is about your spiritual maturity. Meaning, you are a son of God. You are a mature one that overlords the world, the soul world, the body world, because your heart is Eden and your soul is Zion. And you are one in Jesus Christ. Where literally the mountain of the Lord that began as a seed in you when you were born again grew up and took over everything about your heart world, soul world, and body world and now you and the mountain of the Lord are one. That's the Son of God. The sons of God are changing the overlording system and getting rid of the sorcerers. That is what we've been warring for this whole time. I tell you the truth. (laughs) that is this great awakening that is why there's a western spring going on a a restoration to a power to the people and the voice of the people in western civilization that's the only reason that's going on people are breaking free from religion there is an acceleration here in this new season because of great grace We just broke through into the great grace recently. This is a brand new thing and a brand new day for mankind. 
Glory to God. It's wonderful stuff, you guys. Hallelujah. Love you, Jesus. We worship you for it. Thank you for healing the world. On earth as it is in heaven, prophecy fulfilled. Do everything you need to. Just agree with me. Father, we pray you do everything you need to do in our hearts and minds. We give you all our hearts and minds, Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, do surgery in us. Transform our lives. Transform our minds. Use us in any way you want to. Living Father, for your purposes, for your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys would like to support this ministry, you can donate at redlettermen.com and be blessed. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Glory.